Good day, everyone, and welcome to Indie Mixtape. My name is Ty, and joining me this time is rotating co-host Emma. How's it going, Emma? It's going well, Ty. Glad to be here. I am also talk about some spooky games. Yes, I'm very glad that you are here because this is a a very appropriate uh, for your energy episode, uh, as we are doing our second uh, Halloween. October Woogie episode. Um, Okay, so Emma and I played a game called Underground Underground Blossom uh, from the folks at Rusty Lake, who also their narrative universe is also Rusty Lake. Um, And yeah, it is a game that came out like september 26th or 27th i believe um and it is on pc and um also ios which is where i played it yeah i played it on my mac yeah i played it on my ipad you i feel like you have more experience with rusty lake games than i do emma so yes i have played every single rusty lake game now at least once um which you'll get to hear me talk about a different one later on in the episode. Haha, ha, foreshadowing. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Rusty Lake games all take place in this shared universe, and it is very much like games that operate on vibes rather than plot, but if you're looking for it, you start to see the plot, even if it's still mostly vibes. Um... There's, like, a lot of interconnecting storylines and sort of, like, genre shifts and time and memory play massive parts in every game. Uh, In a way where, even from the start, all the games are super non-linear and came out in a bunch of different orders in a way where you could play any of the Rusty Lake games in any order and still get the same kind of vibe going on. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, I haven't like, played any of them, but this this one alone definitely fits that energy also. It's, like, very vibes-centric. Yeah, it's very, and, like, it's, like, essentially started as, like, point-and-click escape games, which are still a huge element of a lot of them, that, like, that's what they are, point-and-click puzzle games, um, with a very, like, my neighbor's dog is barking. Uh, with That's a fine. very, like, Twin Peaks-esque feeling to them. Like, Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. The Shining, but also, like, beyond that, like, other little genres of horror. Yeah, it's definitely saying, like, the creepy bad vibes part louder than Twin Peaks does, to start, at least. Yeah, it's like uh, if more of Twin Peaks was the Red Room. Yeah, and also, like, scary shadow people. Yes, the corrupted soul. My friend, the corrupted soul. <laughs> yes, I was just interrupted or introduced to them uh, this time. But in this game, you play as, like, a person. Just a person, I guess. Um, and you, like, get you're taking you're riding a train and you're going through a series of stops and um each stop is like a different stage in a 
child named Laura's life. And so when you get off on the first stop, you meet her mom and you meet Laura as a baby. And she basically tells you, like, take care of my baby. I have to go. And after you do all of the, like, point and click puzzle stuff around the level to get your ticket to go to the next um, station, the mom leaves with this, like, very scary shadow creature with a, like, deer skull um and so then yeah you kind of are going through all of these stations and like seeing different parts of laura's life and like doing stuff to help her uh and solving these little funky puzzles um and then you get to the final chapter yeah yeah it's fun because you're tech you're technically playing as harvey who you don't realize until like the very end of the game is like a bird like he's a man but his head's a bird Oh because yeah, okay. In other games, he's a parrot. Yeah, see, and I don't I'm not familiar with that, but I like there's a couple different like man birds in the game and she <laughs> also refers to you as my feathered friend, so I was like, hmm, bird. Yeah. It's because you are also her parrot Harvey from one of the earlier games, but there's a lot of weird time parallel world kind of things animals with heads that were once regular animals that i can't again this game operates on vibes not justification (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so you have to solve all these puzzles and a lot of times they'll be really weird solutions or not necessarily the most intuitive like you'll help the man play his trumpet and a fish will fall out (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say, some of them, some of them do feel really intuitive. Like, one of the first ones, there's like, you end up getting a saw, and there's like a grate on the ground that has like a little nick in one of the bars. So you're like, oh, okay, if I cut the grate, then I can like break it open and get the thing, the key inside. Um, and then yeah, some of them, like, the, the trumpet one was kind of funky, especially because you have to do it multiple times, and his trumpet keeps having shit stuck in it, which is like, sir, what are you doing with this instrument? Um, but, and then, um, I'm trying to think of what some of the other ones were that I, like, had a hard time with. I definitely, like, fully used a walkthrough to get through this game. I use a walkthrough for all of them. There's always at least one puzzle where I'm like, I don't know what you want from me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I was like, I don't have time to, like, have the pride of being a big brain here. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially because sometimes, like, like I just can't make my brain think the way they want me to think sometimes. Yeah, and, like, I think they're aware of it, because, I mean, point-and-click puzzle games always have those tough sections. But sometimes the Rusty Lake ones take it to another level. Yeah, they kind of feel like they're really going in on, like, the old, like, Day of the Tentacle-style shit, which, like is fine i understand wanting to like pay homage to those kinds of things but also like there's a reason that people have like improved the puzzles in more modern adventure games yeah but it does add to the weird so i'll give them that definitely yeah it definitely works in like the kind of energy they're going for and like the fact that because there is a lot of emphasis on like the past and time travel 
and memory and stuff like that, I can see why it thematically works to use some outdated puzzles as well. Yeah, for sure. It's also gross. Yeah, it's gross. The games are gross. The first things you have to do in this one is feed a baby and make it poop. And then change its diaper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, like, you paint with a mouse's blood at one point. Mm -hmm. And torture a man by clamping his nipples. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're... You know, normal things. Yeah, normal things. Extremely normal and cool things. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, I probably I've been meaning to get around to the lusty the lusty rake is what I almost said. Uh, that's oh a different game. That's a different. That's an entirely different game. Uh, the rusty lake games are ones that I've been meaning to get to. So I feel like this is a good like starting off point for me to like start digging into some of the other ones. Yeah, they're really interesting, especially like as you go through them because they become more elaborate in different ways and use different forms of gameplay. Mm -hmm. Um, So like the white door stands out as one that's very different than the others. It's very good. Okay. Alright. Do you have any other thoughts, feelings on uh, Underground Blossom? I thought it was really neat, especially from like a, a standpoint as someone who's played a bunch of them the other game that i'm going to talk about in this episode is the one that came before it and it sets up part of underground blossom uh in a way that felt really rewarding to go back and play that game afterwards and be like oh i see what's mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. um but i liked the way it traveled through time and locations but it's all the stops on the train that's a new setting and a new like time based format that I hadn't seen in the games yet Mm -hmm. Um, and especially like once you've played it you get this extra quest to go back and find all the cubes throughout each stage and get more items to do that and you have to interact with multiple different time periods in order to find each cube. Cube uh, time. Which I thought Literally. was very cool, especially because, like, lore-wise, the cubes are what allow, like, the overlaps in time and the time travel and things, so the fact that you have to keep jumping from time to time to find each cube ties into that in a really cool way. hmm But I also like that you can just kind of head empty, play puzzles for a couple of hours, and then be done. <laughs> yeah, it's not very long. Which is nice. Yeah. I yeah, think I played for maybe like three hours. Yeah, I think I played it for like three hours, and it was like three dollars. So. <laughs> Pretty worth yeah. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for Underground Blossom. Um, Emma, what is what is your first game? Um, 
Should I just keep it on the rusty lake train? Only why not? We're in it. We're already in it. Now I won't have to re-explain any stuff. <laughs> um, so the other game that I played for this episode is The Past Within, which came out in November of 2022. It came out November 2nd. Uh, and this one is actually the first co-op Rusty Lake game. Uh, which was really interesting. I have a friend who is also very into the Rusty Lake games and has played all of them. And um, essentially, like, we, we figured out that there was a multiplayer one. We got really excited and we're like, wow, okay, let's play this together. It's designed to be two players. Uh, and the way it's set up is one of you, you are playing as the same character, but one of you is in the past and one of you is in the future, and you are trying to make contact with each other. Oh. Uh, and you are uh, Laura's mom when she okay. when she leaves in Underground Blossom. So it's oh, her, shit. like, essentially right after the events of the first stage of Underground Blossom, and then her as an old woman as an adult who you see at the end of Underground Blossom. Spoilers, but... <laughs> uh, and it's not connected between your games. All you have to do is be on a phone call with each other or in the same room and make sure to pick... There's two modes. There's the bee mode and the butterfly mode. And then one of you picks past and one of you picks future. And it was really well done to make sure that you're on the same page with the person you're playing with the whole time, making sure that there's like some timing stuff that you get right, a lot of communication, a lot of fun with the puzzles, and it also did a different animation style than any of them have done before. Uh, oh, so that's cool. In the first section, in the first chapter, the person in the future is in like a three-dimensional space that mm -hmm. you can move the perspective around in, which there hasn't been anything three-dimensional before in the games and then when you get to chapter two it's the person in the past who now has this three-dimensional space to move around in that's really cool yeah uh it was very well designed very fun it's almost like doing like a virtual escape room with someone or mm -hmm. a slightly lower stress version of keep talking and nobody explodes <laughs> mm-hmm um so even if you haven't played any Rusty Lake games, I would recommend that if you have a friend you like to solve puzzles and things with, because it's very fun and it has two modes so that after you've done the first one, you can go back and do the second mode and swap who is the past and the future, and the puzzles will have different answers. So you're not going off your memory from the first time you played it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and like even like the opening page, mentions that if you don't have someone to play it with like there's a link to their discord server and they have specific channels for people looking for someone to play the game with them nice i thought was just like a neat little community thing especially because they are like a little bit more niche in the the indie game space so it could yeah. be hard to find someone else who it wants to play them or to find someone who has like also played the other games because i know sections of it were definitely easier because Hayden and I could be like, oh, that's the Corrupted Soul. 
Click on the corrupted soul. Oh, do you see Alfred Vanderboom? Click on him. Uh, but <laughs> also... Vanderboom. Yes. But also you don't necessarily need that knowledge for it still to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got me, uh, that's got my interest peaked, certainly. What about you? What's your first game? Uh, so my first game is called Stop Burying Me Alive Beautiful, uh, and it is by Angela He. Or I'm, I'm not sure, I think it's He, it might be He, I'm not sure. Um... But I I am a fan of her other games. We did one of her like other games uh, on this show before. I can't remember what it's called. It's like Ozara or something like that, and it's like a spooky little farming simulator. Um, this one is you are a young woman who wakes up to find that your girlfriend is in the process of burying you alive because uh -oh. she is convinced that you are dead and according to her your last wish was to be buried um you are not dead as far as you know um so you're trying to convince her to stop burying you alive um and then in the meantime, there are little rats in the hole with you that are trying to take bites out of you. Uh, so you have to chase them away before they hurt you, because they will. Um, and then there's also, for some reason, a weird little bunker underground, like, seemingly next to the hole that you're in. And there's a girl in there who apparently lives with the rats and uh, hangs out with them. And is also a game designer, because she wants to play a card game with you. Um, so... It's a visual novel where you balance uh, up and down, like, perspectives between looking up and talking to your girlfriend, uh, looking in the hole and trying to get rid of the rats, and then looking down to talk to the girl in the bunker and play the game with her. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's hard to, like, explain the the vibe of it, but... It's obviously kind of creepy anyway because you're, like, in a hole with rats being buried alive and there's a weird girl talking to you and you're, like, not sure if she's actually there or not because your girlfriend, like, apparently can't hear her. Um, but then it also becomes kind of a, like, look at your relationship as you, like, talk more and you start to see, like, kind of a lot of the problems that your relationship had that you probably should have, like, both seen signs of and maybe dealt with before it came to this um and yeah it's just like a it's a cool weird little visual novel it's probably like two hours at most if you want to like go through both choices at the end um and yeah i really like the art um i think it's just like very atmospheric and cool and pretty it's lots of like dark pinks and fuchsias and like blues um and yeah it's also just a weird gay creepy little game Sick. That sounds awesome. I might play that when we're off this call. Yeah, it's also free, I'm pretty sure. Oh, so. sweet. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, do you have another game, Emma? I do. I played Killer Frequency. Yeah! It was so good. 
Um, so Killer Frequency came out in June of this year. It was developed by Team 17, um, which is a, a studio based in the UK, which is a little wild to me considering how like a Midwest small town Americana. Oh, yeah, the game is like hella American. Um, normally I don't play games quite like this where you have to like maneuver your perspective and your body like from first person because I get motion sick and I'm bad at controls. Mm -hmm. But this game was very, very forgiving to people who are not usually good at that style of game. Um, yeah. In a way where it was designed to be, I think. There's only a couple of things that are, like, super time-sensitive in it. Um, but you can tell that they cared more about the story and the choices you're making and less about, ooh, have to do this fast. Yeah, uh, it's definitely more about you, like, understanding what it's asking you to do in the moment based on, like, the clues it gave you, like, mm -hmm. in the conversations leading up to it. Um, which I thought was really fun and nice. Yeah, it's so fun visually because it's set in the 80s, you are a radio DJ who has fallen from grace, and you never really find out why you've fallen from grace and are now the radio canceled. DJ in this tiny, tiny town. Yeah, you don't find out why you got canceled. <laughs> but <laughs> you got canceled, and now you live in bumfuck nowhere. Exactly, now you be live in Gallows Creek. <laughs> Um, and you do the late night show, you have your producer Peggy, who's great, I would die for her. Um, <laughs> and the premise is, there is a killer who's back after having been supposedly dead, like a classic slasher kind of deal. Yeah, he's um, like a wh like the whistler or something. Yeah, the whistling man, hand or hand hook, car door whistle. Um, and he's killed the sheriff, and the 911 dispatch is basically like, hey, I'm gonna drive three hours to go get the cops from the next town over. Uh, you're the only one who has experience managing phone lines, so I've rerouted 911 to the radio station. So you're answering 911 calls from the city while there's this killer on the loose, but you're also still doing your normal radio show and mm -hmm. like playing music and running ads and taking regular calls as well. And also just like giving people updates. You're just like, yeah, like this is what's going on. We're, we're still fighting the killer. <laughs> it's so funny. All the little details are so well done. All the different records you have all have something to do with killing or murder. Mm -hmm. um, My favorite thing was shooting the pieces of paper into the basket. It's so good. They, they programmed in just like this great idle thing for you to do because there's a lot of cutscenes and a lot of, and it's just dialogue because you're in this radio station. So they give you a pile of paper, and there's a little waste basket with a basketball hoop over it in the corner, and it keeps track of how many of the baskets you actually make throughout the game. Yeah, and you, I think you can get, like, achievements for it, too. Mm-hmm. 
um, I played it on stream, and, like, Jess and all of them were, like, laughing at me, because, like, I was just, like, every possible second I was shooting, uh, paper balls, and then whenever I got rec records, I would just pick them up and throw them. Um, because <laughs> the game has fun physics, honestly. You just pick it shit up really and throw does. it. does. Yeah, the physics were really fun. I was very bad at the buttons and had to pick things up periodically. Uh, I do like that. I do appreciate that they have a button in the settings that says reset objects mm -hmm. in case mm -hmm. you do really terribly, like I did sometimes. Um, well, sometimes the game like glitches out a little bit too. I think I had like one yeah. section where I like could not put a record on the record player, so definitely helpful for that. Yeah. Um, but it's just really fun. You learn about all the people in this town. You have to, like, wander throughout the studio to find clues about what's actually going on with the killer or figure out ways to help someone. Like, someone needs to hotwire their car, so you have to go find a magazine that tells you how to hotwire a car. Mm-hmm. Um... Or you, there's one where you have, like, you have to, like, help the newspaper editor, like, get out of the office by, like, hiding in different rooms to avoid the killer and then, like, trapping the killer in the safe. It's very fun. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Uh, I did not manage to keep everyone alive, but I kept more people alive than I was worried about. Nice. But yeah, it was just really enjoyable. I played it over the span of, I think, like, a couple of days. Maybe it was a fairly fast game, but there was a lot going on. Um, the colors are extremely fun. The music is great. The little details about like the town, even the stuff that doesn't pertain to the plot at large, everything's so thought out and fun. Uh, I lost my mind during the Harvest Festival advertisement <laughs> because this man is talking so fast and Crokinole mentioned we love uh, my friends and I are very into Crokinole. It is a board game from Canada in the 1800s uh, that has become a really big thing at like PAX Unplugged and stuff. And we go to Crokinole night every week. So to hear Crokinole mentioned as one of the activities of the Harvest Festival, uh, I paused the game and had to <laughs> replay you did the Leonardo game. DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, I, I Leonardo DiCaprio did the Crokinole. Um, yeah, it's very fun and it's very sweet to see, like, this, you can continue to be the bitchy mad that I'm stuck here radio DJ, or you can make him start to grow, like, the people grow on him throughout the night, which yeah, is really nice. you can give him a green chart growing three sizes situation. You really can. Um, and it's a really good balance of humor and genuine, like, stress. Mm -hmm. Like, there are sections of it that were very creepy, very unnerving. The fact that there was a crouch mechanic made me afraid that I was going to have to hide mm -hmm. and run away from things. Um, the first, like, real scary section you get to, like, the janitor's closet, I had to pause my game. I just closed my switch and took a breather. <laughs> And went, we'll play more of this tomorrow. <laughs> Fair. Um, it, it is a very good balance of, of humor and horror in a good campy 80s way. We love it. Yeah. Yeah, I played on Switch. And I know sometimes, like, Switch ports of games can be really buggy. 
uh, but it worked mm-hmm. fine. This was great. Nice. That's always good to hear. Yeah, there were a couple of controls where it was a little clunky and awkward to do, but part of that might just be because I'm not used to playing games that have that many controls. But still, it was it was very user friendly. Nice. All right, my last game is Slay the Princess, uh, which is from Black Tabby Games, who do Scarlet Hollow, my beloved. It's finally out? It's, well, it's out tomorrow. Oh. But by the time people are hearing this, it will be out. Sick. Uh, but yeah, it is... Uh, if you if you've seen Black Tabby stuff before, like if you've seen Scarlet Hollow, the art is similar. Um, like you can tell the same people did it, but this one is all like black and white and grayscale. Um, there's no color with the exception of like blood splatters. Um, and some of the text is red, but other than that, it's all black and gray and white. Um. And the premise is you find yourself in the woods walking on a path and you have a narrator who tells you that you have to go to this cabin um, where there is a princess in the basement who you have to kill because she is going to end the world. And you can like question that and like have conversation with the narrator about like why. and the narrator is like pretty cagey and like wants to keep it pretty simple and they're just like you have to kill her like she's bad she's gonna end the world you have to kill her um and so then you go into the cabin and you find a knife and you can choose to either take the knife or not and then you go down into the basement and you choose how you talk to the princess and she reacts to you differently based on whether you choose the knife or not and um yeah you have to you have to slay her or not it's up to you to decide how you want to handle the situation and then um the scene will come to a close and your decision will make something happen that will cause the story to continue and that's all i'm gonna say because beyond that it's kind of spoilery and weird but uh you do be looping i will say that in this um and like i feel like the game at the start is very like ooh, who do you trust the princess or the narrator and like it's definitely way more complicated than that and i think they did like a really good job of making that interesting and not just like a a goofy twist or like some kind of some like there's no i'm trying there's no like gimmick to it it's like there's a reason this is happening and the more that you like explore it and see it and understand it the the more it makes sense and the more you're like okay i get it and the more you can like make an informed choice about how you're gonna handle everything yeah i think it's cool um that's kind of an understatement but like it's it is like a very solid i would say it's like like it yeah it's like a solid cohesive little horror experience i didn't 
like it quite as much as I like Scarlet Hollow, just because Scarlet Hollow is, like, a very particular brand of bullshit that, like, hits very hard for me. But, like, this is good, and it's creepy and scary and gross and interesting. Um, and I have rolled... Ugh, sorry, I'm choking. Uh, I have rolled credits on it once, but I'm pretty sure there's, like, still a lot of stuff I haven't seen, so... Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited to pick it up tomorrow. I've been I've been looking forward to it since they dropped like the, the first trailer for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. I think you will enjoy. Sweet. But yeah, that's uh that's gonna do it for us this uh this time uh we hope that you all enjoyed our scary recommendations we hope that you have an ooky spooky halloween um i hope that you get candy if you are into that um yeah emma where can folks find you in your various and sundry products uh, uh you can find me on twitter at M-A-T-S-C-A, that's E-M-A-T-S-C-A, uh, and you can find uh, my, my little book podcast, Unnatural Selection, at Unselect Pod on Twitter. Uh, it's been on hiatus because of the SAG strike. Don't want to be reviewing movies compared to their books during the strike, but we'll be back someday. One day, and if you're in the mood for for more spooky stuff, I'm on another podcast called Dead Teen House Party, uh, which is an MTV Scream recap podcast in its current state, and you should listen to that. We have other seasons coming out soon. Hell yeah! Um, and you can find me. Uh, on all of the various sundry social medias at Keeper. You can find Uppercut at Uppercut Crit on everything except Blue Sky, which you can find just at Uppercut. Um, and yeah, that's gonna do it for us this time. Uh, we'll see you next month for more indie videos, James. Goodbye!